Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Colton Collective Podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Dave AC and the Sixth Doctor. Hello, everybody, and welcome. Colton Collective Podcast Commentary Series, Series 5, Episode 5. Hooray! Tonight Hooray. we'll be re- Oh, quiet until it's your turn. Tonight we'll be reviewing Flesh and Stone, but first... He may look like he's made of stone, but he has a heart of gold. It's Mr. Dave AC. Hello, Dave. Hello, Ian. It's oh, lovely sorry, to be that's, here. That's wrong. It's a heart of wine. What? <laughs> Cut me, do I not bleed? It might be wine. Yeah, he bleeds Merlot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and joining us with Hair of Gold, it's Mike, Mr. Randall Thor. Everybody must get stoned. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I see what you did there. Yes. <laughs> right, well, we're going to try and make the beginning part a lot briefer because it uh, makes editing a Heck of a lot easier as well. Mostly it's me talking anyway, so you can t- take most of that out and we'd be good. All right, you know what we're here for? We're going to do a commentary on Flesh and Stone. Uh, anything you want to say before we start, Dave? It's the second part of a two-parter, of course. The Time of Angels was last week, so it's the uh, second and concluding part, episode five of what is now being called Series 5. Or Fenarg. Fenarg. Yes. Yes. And of course, Dave and I and Mike were all busy today. We were, of course, doing uh, the Coldham Collective, where we had a large number of attendees in today, which was very nice. Uh, and we all said our piece. And you can see that, uh, listen to that at uh, talkshoe.com. Uh, show ID 54821. Or you can get us on iTunes. Just look up Coldham. C U L T. D-O-M. Also, Dave, you were on, Dave and Mike, you guys were on Podshock Live. Yeah, that, and of course the Torture ID for that is 23358. Now that won't be on the actual Torture feed because uh, Lewis will be doing some post-editing work, but it should be up on the iTunes feed, possibly by the time uh, this goes up. Yeah, or by, possibly by the time Dave's sober. <laughs> <laughs> Anything you want to say before we get going, Mike? Like, oh, I don't know what you were doing on Friday. <laughs> oh, yes. That Friday night trivia at TalkShow ID 72402. <laughs> there we go. Plugs away. <laughs> yes. And I, I don't really have anything planned for the commentary tonight. I think I'll just wing it. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, watch the pretty moving pictures. No, you didn't see what he did there? <laughs> wing it. Wing it. Yeah. 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 He slowed his head a few bottles. 
<laughs> All right. Well, without any further ado, gentlemen, are you ready? Ready to go. All righty then. So, same as before, we three have our own official BBC copies of Flesh and Stone at the ready. Please get yours at the ready, and as soon as I say the word play, you may hit play and listen along. So, without any further ado, in five, four, three, two, one, play. Previously on Doctor Who. Follow that shit. Beautiful graphics. The, the, the Byzantium crash was just lovely. And of course, it was it was well done too because uh, it, it plays into the whole story the way it crashed. Mm. It was rather marvelous that it crashed like a you know <laughs> an upended ice cream cone. Whoop. Wow! Inside. This is my favorite character of the uh, of these two stories. Yeah, Father Octavian. <laughs> What's that? Father Octavian, yes. Yes, Father Octavian. And there we go. Something that I've noticed here during the intro is that if you compare the lightning part of here with the 11th hour, the lightning is getting more pronounced and a bit louder. And it's actually striking the TARDIS a bit more. So hmm. what's going on there? It, it, it makes me wonder. I mean... If they're being subtle in that, too, or they're just introducing these little elements, what else are we missing? Exactly. And maybe I'm misjudging this whole season so far, and I hope I am, because I'd really love to look back and go, oh, wow, that was cool. And of course, by Stephen Moffat, this one. Mm-hmm. There they are. Seem to be exactly where they were before. But Except the, the ground looks a bit different. Yes. Yeah. Directed by Adam Smith. I like how this this shot is composed, flipping oh, upside Ad, down, panning I mean, out. Adam Smith. I mean, as much as I have problems with this episode, the visuals in it are beautiful. And that quick shot of the yeah. Doctor upside down there was good too. Yes. <laughs> Reminds me of the ship from uh, Utopia. The sheer bulk of it. Oh yeah. And this is great too. Yep. Look at them. Look at the angels. <laughs> They're looking more weeping angel like now. Yeah. And that was well composed. If you follow the way he went into that hole, he landed properly. Yeah. Which almost makes a scene that comes in later on either on purpose or a big oversight. <laughs> Dead end. Yeah. Just me then. The sheer strength. I assume they're just manhandling the way through that metal there. Yeah. <laughs> yep, he thought about it. Yeah. <laughs> Felt like that. He's like, nobody panic. Yeah. Oh, just me then. <laughs> See, he... Mr. Mannering, Mr. Mannering. The funny thing nobody is. Panic. <laughs> I mean, to me, he reminds me a lot of of the Sixth Doctor because of his abruptness and, you know, snarkiness almost sometimes. I mean, he's not as abrasive, but he's, you know, 
He'll tell it like it is. Oh, that's stupid, you know. Round of applause for the angels again. Yes. Mm-hmm. Regardless of what happens to the the angels in this that I disagree with, uh, kudos to the actresses that, that play the angels, because... Uh, and, and as well, of course, the, the great choreography, because you don't oh, think of it as choreography, but the, the, all their poses are choreographed. Oh, yeah. I think it's still the same choreographer as uh, it was from the first four seasons, correct? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She's just fabulous. I love what she's done with the Cybermen. I love what she's done with the, all of them. Because you don't think Scarecrow, about... The Scarecrow movement. Yeah, mm-hmm. you don't think about the way these... You just think, oh, well, it's a Scarecrow. It's, he's just moving, you know. But a lot of work. She puts a lot of thought into how they would move and, and training these people to do it. And give them a distinctive you know, look and feel, as it were. Right. Here we're we missing all, not, of, all the good dialogue there. A bit Octavian. more of a hint as yeah. to what River Song's backstory is. Yeah. Well, as we guess, she's, you know, she did something bad, but... Four Octavian is <laughs> fabulous. <laughs> if they needed a new brigadier... Ooh, there we go with the countdown starting 10. Yep, 10. Yeah. It reminds me of, uh, sort of Sean Bean a little bit. Yeah, but sometimes I just can't stand Sean Bean. <laughs> oh. Well, he uses a common accent on purpose. Yeah. But Oct- Octavian, oh. Oh, I've got to look up the actor's name again. Uh, Ian, I think his name is. Ian Glenn, I think it was. Yeah. yeah. He, gee, it's such a shame that he's... I'm hoping that they can bring him back at some point. Mm. because I do I think, think Octavian is fabulous I think they might because later on he has a line You've see- I think you've seen me at my best Right. and I don't think that was referring to that exact moment right and there's but that that's later on. <laughs> music that I like so much yeah. <laughs> again they seem to have built pretty good sets to say they're yes. on a slightly reduced budget oh yeah that's right. Although I, <clears throat> I have a problem with this little bit here. It's like, oh, that's cool. Magnetize the door. And <laughs> then they the start opening that one. <laughs> now you get it. <laughs> they see it doesn't time. work there, yet he orders the others to be sealed. Yeah. It's just yeah like, it'll slow him down, sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, is, this is where I think it's an advert break here, of course. Yeah. But you see that, right? Seal seal that door, right? Wouldn't wouldn't you just automatically seal all the doors? Yeah. Five. Yeah, right. We missed ten then, didn't we? And the nine. Mm -hmm. Oh, did we miss the nine? Does any of the other doctors click the fingers? I'm trying to remember. Sorry, the, it's the, uh, the Doctor, but any other incarnations click? Uh, I don't know. None of them hit themselves in the head, which is one of the things... <laughs> it sounds weird, but it's one of the things I love about Matt, is the <laughs> self-abuse. Where he, yeah, David used to do that. I'm thick, not, thick. not as often as, as Matt does. Matt does it all the time when, he's, like, when the Doctor's thinking, or he's stupid or something like that. He'll just full-on slash himself in the pure, face. But, <laughs> this is pure Moffat, this. Oh, yeah. Mm. It's beautiful, visually. I it mean, is. 
Adam pulled off. It's the holodeck on Star Trek Next Generation. (laughs) The Treeborgs. And I don't know, is this an entire studio set, or did they actually do some filming in a... In a, yeah, they went to a forest. forest. They did. Yeah, they did. The, the yeah, the angels wore jumpers. Hmm. Well, between filming. Hmm. Oh, I can hear a glass. That must be a drinking cue. Yes. <laughs> anytime, uh, she said, anytime she says a number. Oh, good. And the, by the way, the stoned in the title refers to me drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Just to clarify. Yes. <laughs> Have I impressed you yet? Now, I That's love the fun. fast delivery of that. Darth said he had a little bit of a problem with some of his fast delivery. Right. That one I didn't have a problem with. The, the only problem I have is on the standard definition, the music tends to be louder. Yeah, takes, I've noticed and it, that. And, and I yeah. find myself not picking up things until I watch the HD version. Yeah, that, I think that's because it, the sound is mixed for 5.1 sound. Right. And um, when it's down mixed to stereo, it overwhelms the center channel. Right. Comfy chairs. Uh, something else that people have noticed is this, the circular displays. If you look at the, the image that's flickering around, it looks sort of like an eye, and it has the same eye movements as the Atraxi eye on the various TV screens or whatever from 11th Hour has the same eye movements. I missed. I, 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 love, like I love that line, and we talked over it. I made him Which say one? comfy chairs. Oh, I made him say comfy chairs. <laughs> we have no need for comfy chairs. I made him say comfy chairs. And then we had six. <laughs> and five. Yeah. And there's Angel Bob. <laughs> he gets in close with his actress, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. And there he goes joking with the life puns. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, again, it's time to stress, this is their first, well, it's a two-parter, but this is their first story that they they did. And um, Ken, was it? Matt, you nailed it. I love oh. that too. Uh, the angels are laughing with, with that scary noise that scares yeah. everybody, and then it's like, <laughs> it's, you know, as close as I can tell you, they're laughing. They turn it onto something being something so different. Ooh, look Ooh. what's right behind the doctor. Oh, look, it's a crack, and it's opening slightly. Turn around and see day uh, see Matt's crack. <laughs> I see what I did there. Well done. Flashback to Raggedy Doctor. <laughs> Reminds me of that. Was that Star Trek Next Generation where Picard is travelling through um, different times of his life and it's to do with an, an, uh, an abnormality growing? But it was growing mm, the last episode. Uh, uh, all good things. All good things. Yeah, the very last episode. Yeah, quite well done too. Mm. And here's and the angels coming are. for the doctor. 
<laughs> and there are two groups of them, so he can't look at both at the same time. Ah, now I actually saw an angel covering its eyes. Yeah, then. it had its arm up, so I'm assuming that it, it, you know it couldn't see the other angels on the other side of the room. Yeah. Mm. Count them. There are three, four soldiers along with River and so, uh, Amy. Five, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. No, four and her, of course. Yeah. Four and River Song, yeah, right. Four soldiers. <laughs> Another one of my favourite lines coming up. In fact, all, the, all, all my favourite ah. stuff from this episode, apart from the visuals, <laughs> are things that Matt's doctor says. <laughs> and keep in oh, mind... Right. Cool. It'll happen here in a second. Yes. And keep in mind there that the doctor's left his jacket behind, right yes. there. Keep that in mind. Yep. There was my line. Never let me talk, because he's running away. <laughs> <laughs> keep one thing in mind. Never let me talk. <laughs> Which is yeah. a very Tom, uh, a very uh, fourth doctor thing to do, you know. They changed the angle of... Uh... Uh, the position she's lying there, don't they? I, I, and I wonder about the positioning of the 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 pack on on one of those clerics. <laughs> Sorry, dirty mind. Forgive him. I don't understand that. If he's alive, I'll never forgive him. What does she mean? For putting I'll her through that, I don't know. All oh, right. the end of the universe exactly <laughs> see I just love that again that's what you know the the reference to the parents lying to the kids mm-hmm. yeah. yes everything will be fine to me he's got cancer <laughs> but <laughs> when they're starting to arrive mm-hmm Again, we're fast-paced episode, isn't it? We're right, moving. Well, I mean, they're squeezing a lot into... Yeah. Actually, the rest of this is even shorter, you know? Yeah. He's very handsy as this doctor. Yeah. yeah. He, 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 he thinks and talks with his hands. You know, he doesn't have enough, that much time to work with what's going on with Amy, and he figures it out really yeah. quickly. There's and then, the angel. And the realization when he covers his mouth. Yeah. 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 And I love this. To make her afraid. What for? For fun. Yeah. Uh, that really angers the doctor. Mm-hmm. But it's good that they're, they're, they're happy to tell him because they don't think he, he can do anything about it. Mm. And I don't know if eyes can be considered a, an arc watch, but there's something in Amy's eye here. We've had the, the new Dalek eyes. We've had the eye of the Atraxi. We've had images flashing through Amy's eyes twice and Beast Below, so... Mm. The eye through a bedroom wall? Mm-hmm. The Atraxi. Yep. So there's oh. something to think about. There are so many things in here that I almost get the feeling that we're either reading way too much into it, or 
Um, Stephen Moffat is really weaving this really, really tight, and there's a million and one threads that we're seeing and a few false to obscure ones. a couple of really important ones. You know, we'll be well, like, oh, red shoes, oh, oh, eyes, oh, this, oh, yeah, that. Yeah, it's a bit Agatha Christie, isn't it? Yeah, but yeah, then you, then you both, fail both to realise the most ob- obvious one that you know, we're all missing. You know, yeah. Moffat said in both interviews and through dialogue on Beast Below, notice everything, notice all the details. So, what was she left with on her countdown? She's on three, I think. She, mm. Well, oh, another drink. She said it. Was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Again, just lovely dialogue for the doctor. Yeah. Like, you have a plan? I don't know. I haven't finished talking yet. <laughs> <laughs> Bit like us, really, on the show. Mm. I like the sound. The, they have sound effects there when he's when waving he's his finger. It's a thing in progress. Respect the thing. Respect the thing. You have to engage or something. <laughs> I mean, his delivery on that was perfect. It was almost yeah. disgust at having to say, yes, fine, that'll work for now, so I don't have to tell you the real reason. Now, watch closely in a moment. Yes. Again, keep it, keep in mind what, his, what the doctor is wearing right now. Yes. What he's not wearing. And the tone of his voice. And there he goes. There goes the doctor. He said his goodbye. Mm-hmm. And here we go. Hands, which look like shirt sleeves rolled up. Mm-hmm. He's got it there in that shower. There you can see he's wearing his tweed jacket. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's got a different a, tone. A tweed jacket. I don't know if it's the mm-hmm. tweed jacket. It's a slightly different... It's a slightly darker color. But it's not him in the same time zone. That's the No, point. it isn't. That, my point, yeah, is that that's probably a doctor from maybe the finale story coming back and making... Going back and rewriting time. Mm. See... Is some seed is planted in the young Amy's mind. Yeah. He's wanted to know whether it's reached her yet. Yeah. Make asking to see if, he, if she remembers from when she was seven and she doesn't. So. Which is why yeah. I think that the 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 tardis noise of it appearing in front of uh, the young Amelia will come to pass. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I, I kind of agree with Darth. I'm with, kind of with Darth that, that, that wouldn't they have made it more obvious? Yeah. But still, they had they had the whole thing with this episode, especially right now, is that Matt, the Doctor is not wearing his tweed jacket yet. Right. You could see it. You could, well, at least the shoulder. Yeah. But I always wonder whether the not we would pick it up. I'd love the look of disgust in her face as he reveals 
exactly what the arrangement is. Her hate, her face just turns this, like she just swallowed sour milk. Like I can't believe you just did that. How dare you reveal that? (laughs) Especially to him. Now here we are. Here we go. The the date being revealed. Yep. Now they don't show the last digit in that frame. No, it's only later on. Oh, there they go. Yep. They're shutting down the trees. The trees are going out. What sort of a line is that? Well, the trees are connected with the light system, so... Mm. Yeah, but it's such a good line. Oh, yeah. Everything's Time's very, running out. Everything's very circular in in, in this ship, if you'd noticed. <laughs> yeah. All the doorways are circular. Uh, the displays mm. are circular. Yeah. Even that door, there's two big circles in the circle in the middle. It's the circle arc. <laughs> I still think they could have made the angels a bit more scary. I don't know how. Perhaps they, mm. they up the volume or something. Oh, and there's the crack opening. Light in the forest. That's rem- so reminiscent of so many science fiction programs and films. Yeah. Ooh, the angels have disappeared. Yep. They've run away. You've run away, haven't you? <laughs> oh, you idiot. <laughs> uh, yeah. The big scary thing over there. Go and have a look. <laughs> you two go look. I don't want to. <laughs> oh, yeah, somebody pointed out that one of those guys' characters' names is Angelo. The thing that I hate is that there's a... Uh, Marco. Mm, yeah. Where's Which is Harper? bad, because every time I hear it, I'm like, Polo! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Marco Polo! <laughs> For more than a second. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, she said, I still have a bit of countdown left. I think she had more than seconds. Yeah. yeah she had three. But I didn't think the doctor, I think the doctor wanted to make it sound more urgent, you know. Scare her yeah. into not opening her yes. eyes. Yeah, she she counted, but each count wasn't a second. No, he was yeah. just counting by minutes. Marco. <laughs> <laughs> now, yeah. every time you watch this, you're going to think that. Exactly. And anybody who's listening to this, anytime you hear Marco, you're going to go, Polo! 
<laughs> this is good. This is real science fiction. Who? Yeah. Mm. There's only a... There was, it's only well, been the two of them. As well, too. There's a like circle. A sound effect. Circle. Yeah. He's doing Time circles be- again. Did you notice that? Yeah. It's the circle! Clockwise and counterclockwise. Mm-hmm. And there's a sound effect as he was drawing those circles. Who's Pedro? Scary, that. I mean, not all the younger people pick that up, but I think that's scary. Mm. It is. Ah, referencing the past. (laughs) A little bit of humor here. (laughs) I beg to differ. It seems to be dangerous to looking near to the angel's eye there. Mm. Can you, like, break the arm of the statue? Come on. Stone. <laughs> Even after what she's told you mm. about people you don't remember, you still yeah. want to go over and look? Yeah, because you think she's you a crazy idiot. woman. He wants to get away from her. <laughs> Maybe you should be wearing that that shirt that she's wearing because it's red, red shirts. <laughs> red shirt. Oh, drink. <laughs> Great set, beautifully oh. done. It is. Yeah. The nice little touches too, the little like uh, control panels in there too. And just look at the doctor's eyes in this scene. Mm. Bit more explanation for River. Mm. Storm Cage. She killed a man. Another another weather reference. Now look at his eyes now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I noticed that. Was he blinking? <laughs> uh, his eyes are watering now. No, I think he means that's his best part, Mike. I don't think that's referring oh, to. Mm. Use. Thanks, sir. You knew me at my best. best. Yeah, the one, the line that Ken thought was the best line. It really is an excellent. Uh, I mean, the dialogue is beautiful. He is fabulous. Yeah, just fabulous. And there we go. If you listen, there's yeah. a crunching sound. <laughs> Teleport. Mm. See there, if you the, the the panel there, the twitching of it. Looks sort of like an eye. Right. But again, everything everything on the ship is circular. Yeah. Every porthole, it, every... I mean, portholes usually are. Um, but, <laughs> like, every... You see the markings on the on the doorways, and the doorways themselves, and the, the displays, everything's circular. And, of course, you did the... The corridors are rounded. Yes. The my my glass is round. Yes, there you go. <laughs> 
static, and he's gone. Marco. <laughs> Hello. Marco. Hello. <laughs> Come on, we're at big drama here, Ian. Behave. Yeah, Now, do we assume that the crack has moved from the ship's wall to the forest as it's expanded? I just think its 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 effect is becoming more pronounced. It's kind of it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I think, and it's just so it's like uh, kind of like a black hole. It doesn't move, but it's it's drawing things in. What I mean is, where that white light is—is that looking towards where the ship is as well? Right, that's that's the other control room that they were in. Yeah. Yeah, they're in the the primary one there. The um, the angels can only kill you. Yeah. I must admit, to me, having never been born, never had your life, is actually more frightening than your life coming to an end. It's you see the way I perceive. His comment and his panic here is because he doesn't want to forget her, or he doesn't want to her to have never been. It's more yeah. frightening to him than it is, you know, to her. God, we're in. Uh, was it? What's the uh, Christmas film? I wish you'd ever been yeah, born. Yeah, look. Oh, Clarence. yeah, you're right, Mike. That's just like a blooming eye. Yep. You yeah. really see it in that one. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Dave. I was talking about like Clarence, the angel in uh, What a Wonderful Life. You know, mm. wish he'd never been born. Nothing to be afraid of there, Amy. Just a forest full of weeping angels. Here's <laughs> my big problem is that, that you can fool the angels by walking like you can see. Yeah, got a bit. Te- there were some tenuous points, and they stretched the. Um... Oh, you're right there. Yeah, see, mm-hmm. you see it now. I was, yeah. I was, I was having trouble honestly before Mike seeing it, but that, but right over her shoulder is like, ooh, blue neck. That looks just like an eye. Right next to River. Yeah. <laughs> Boom! There they are. But why are they stopped? That's what I don't get. It's like her eyes are closed. Yeah, that's especially true for those one or two right behind her. Uh-huh. And they're they're from different sides, so they, they can't help but see each other. Mm-hmm. Panic in his voice, actually. That's 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 doing. Not it's not her not moving, because she's not actually that panic looking. All the panic and everything is coming from the doctor, which is really well well done. Yeah. See, I'm not a hater. I'm not a hater. <laughs> Had problems with this episode, yes, but there's there is a lot to love in it. 
especially this bit coming up here. Artificial <laughs> trips. As much as I hate what they did with the angels here, it just leads to something really mega creepy and well done by those involved. And was it you that says that makes her a true companion? Yes, that a makes her lover. a true companion. There. Now, she trips <laughs> she over. Welcome to Companiondom. If you don't At know what we're talking it's... about, just watch something like The Two Doctors with... Uh, um, which one is it now? Um, well, Dalek uh, with, Pe- with Perry, uh, with shock eye over the top of her. It's coming, Ooh, there here we go. it is. There we go. That's still not fully. Re- yeah, it's fabulous. That is creepy. I mean, I, I I'm willing to dismiss the whole thing just for that scene where they start slowly turning around, and it's like we've never so well. seen them move. Well, actually, that's n- that. I mean, that's cool. Sorry, <laughs> um, that's not exactly true. If you go back and look at, um when they grab the doctor's jacket, you actually see the angel move. Yeah. It should be, you see the angel's hand move to grab his jacket. Maybe when you're older. <laughs> yeah. Which means... He's right, he is a bit bow-legged, isn't he? <laughs> Looks like a cowboy. <laughs> Ooh, there they are. Oh, there's a line coming up here from Angel Bob that I'm going to comment on. It should be holding that communicator higher so it's more obvious. This is clever. <laughs> oh, seriously, get a grip. Oh, yeah. may have missed the line, but Angel Bob mentioned that the doctor does that. The doctor hasn't noticed. Oh, that, that was doctor... earlier before we saw the crack. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was. Where... Well, then I'll make the comment that that's the sa- more or less the same thing Prisoner Zero said back in Eleventh Hour. The Doctor and the TARDIS oh. doesn't know. So there's that echoed. Okay, I noticed that. There's a bit of obvious warning then what's going to happen here, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> night. That's the gravity of the situation. Yep. <laughs> and it sounds really, really stupid, but I love the way the Doctor grabs on to whatever he's holding on to. How did the yep. angels move if they, if a lot of them have flat bases? <laughs> yeah, I know. Bizarre. But I just like love that. the way he... It was almost casual, the way he just kind of flipped over and grabbed the thing. It was unpanicked and un... Like, everything yeah. was planned, and I like that about the Doctor. That's the way the Doctor should be a lot of the time. There is panic stuff allowed, but... And the crack is gone. For now. Yes. And we're back on the beach. Quite a big jump, that, isn't it? Yeah. So we've just had about 34, 35 minutes. Effectively, the story is over at that point. Yeah. Now it's the first of two conclusions. Well. I like this resolution about her, though. Mm. That um, 
they they fell in there, so they never existed. So it's not inside her anymore. Right. So the 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 question then becomes: Then shouldn't Octavian be alive? No, uh, because he's dead before things are put right. No, but the, they all fell into that thing, and so they never existed. So that means Octavian should still be alive. What about the the race who built the built that labyrinth? Well, they never actually stated that. Yeah, that's true. The, the angels did that to them. Well, they could have died out. How the we may come, come back. Uh, Mary Gold did a good job on this one, I think, as well. You handcuffs. handcuffs. This is this is where Darth and I think that something could have been done a lot better. Yeah. Because for those of you who don't remember, uh, and then the Silence of the Library, um, Forest of Doom. Doom. Yeah. Forest of Doom. No. <laughs> Forest of the Dead. Sorry. Yeah. Um, of course, that's the line. He's ca- the, the Doctor is handcuffed. And but, she says, you know... Yeah, but she doesn't know about that incident. No, but... The point is... This, this yeah, is, I know. Sorry, he, he, the Doctor should react to that, but right. she's referring to other incidents that have not yet happened right. where there are handcuffs involved. I know, but that should have sparked something on his face. It should you know, have. It was an uh, an opportunity for something. I mean, it's, that's not a make-or-break situation, but... When the Pandorica opens is when she'll see the Doctor next. Or, well, oh. the Doctor sees her next. Drink to that. Yes. Pandorica, drink. <laughs> and there's another reference to the tone of this series being a fairy tale. Yes. And I like for a change that this Doctor is just kind of laughing at things like the Pandorica. It's like... Um, the 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 10th doctor would be like oh my god no you know that's selling us all this time and blah 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 he's just like (laughs) serious drama doctor yeah i I didn't like the way she actually said aren't we all though i I didn't like the reference that's a good effect i I do love their teleport Uh, cool (laughs) no sparkles and you know shiny lights it's just this like a tornado i like that shot right there Mm. With them looking off in the distance, the mist, and... It's hardest off to the side. Time can be rewritten. Here we are, back in the TARDIS. Yeah. And, oh yeah, I remember on 11th hour, she was leaving the night before her wedding? Yes. <laughs> But this trick, I want to go home. They had that Donna Noble bit where she says in the Poison Sky, "I want to go. Uh, yeah, I want to go back to my family." Yeah. And it's just you, Pratt. You know, as she's winding him yeah. up. Well, she's like, "No, I'm just going to go for a visit." You know. Yeah. The wedding the dress. Con- yeah. In the confidential, they mentioned that they chose blue to reflect the the TARDIS and Amy's fascination with the Doctor. All right. That just looks like Perry's bed as well from uh, the one that Turlow brings her into. Uh, <laughs> the ring. It almost looks like the um, 
like the the ruined Martha's flat redressed mm. <laughs> with the TARDIS in the exact same position too. Just re, you know, redressed with the, the good bed looking one or the other one. Now, <laughs> observe everything. We've got to watch pictures on the walls in a moment. Yeah, I don't know if I get that, that, but yeah. Well, yeah, he's sitting on the girl's bed. I mean, we shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> Doctor doesn't get it. <laughs> These modern women. Like a, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Doctor is a bit slow on the uptake. I won't. Oh, that's yeah. the second reference, second time of that. Bracewell was slow on the uptake, too. No? I'm getting it. <laughs> <laughs> no, he gets it. <laughs> and I hate well, to say this, but upskirt short shot. Short skirt. <laughs> yeah, <notice>. yes. <laughs> a little bit revealing of Amy there. <laughs> been a while. <laughs> it's been a while. I do like that line. Although I do hate this scene because I just think it's just... Dee. Well, I don't like it except that the fact that the Doctor reacts in the correct way. I mean, he can't he can't decide how people react to him. But he's very doctorish back. Yes. In I mean, the morning. I, I, I do. In the morning. <laughs> Drink. I do love. Actually, I wish they put more emphasis on the on the line. But you're human. Like, yeah, there you yeah. see a picture in the background there. Yeah, I'm not really uh, I don't think it is. Uh. Uh. Oh, now he's p- piecing things together. Sort her yeah. out. Any window. <laughs> yeah, at least you, at least you didn't say singing to. <laughs> oh, doctor! Oh, midnight. Oh, yeah, I, I, I didn't notice that until dark pointed out. But the clock rolled over to twelve p.m. And now we get the the two thousand and ten. So yeah. we know that the adventures for the first story, the eleventh doctor, happened in two thousand and eight, two years earlier. Yeah. Which is three years after he'd left. Um, you know, um, seeing um, Rose for the last time. Mm. And, yeah. We're on the trailer for next week, folks. Yes, time trailer for, for next week. Vampires and Rory. Hooray. <laughs> sword fighting. Like sword shirt. fighting. And he's <laughs> got the broom. Oh, yeah, the t shirt. Yeah. <laughs> who, who is on his t shirt, though? Uh, I saw it mentioned on Gallifrey Base, but I don't remember. Because I don't think it's her. It's like him and somebody else. Uh, I'll have to freeze frame it later no, it looks on. Like her, it looked like her on that one, but it didn't look like him. Must be. They probably had it done as a souvenir while they're in Venice. And there we go. Yes. Woo-hoo. And we're done. Ian Glenn. Ooh. Octavian. Yes, Ian Glenn. Great name. Spelled wrong, but great name. <laughs> 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 And not a Graham Norton in sight. No, not a Graham Norton. <laughs> yes, join us as we go behind the scenes in Doctor Who Confidential to give Stephen Moffat a jolly good pat on the back. <laughs> Remember oh, these no, other it was not, stories? It's nice to see all those r- different writers, at least. Yeah. Uh, and presumably in the cut-down version, it won't make a difference. Well, well I, I, again, I, I, it absolutely... I, I mean, I... I, I say something. Go on. I did like I'll it. drink, you talk. I did like it because it's probably the first time that Liam has seen on TV Rob Shearman um, since we met him at Hurricane Who. And so it was really, really neat for, I think, I mean, I don't know, I 
don't know what's going on in his little brain, but I was like, do you remember him? And he goes, who? And I'm like, him. He's like, who was he? And I'm like, remember the guy who wrote Dalek? Did he talk to him? Uh, Rob Sherman? He's like, oh, yeah. So it was kind of neat because, I mean, he hasn't met really people that he's seen on telly. Yeah, that's so good, that was kind of like, yeah, there's Rob Sherman. He wrote for Doctor Who. You met him. He's on TV. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Now you may no, continue, Dave. It's a good connection. No, um, I, I, I've already said I, I, I do feel as though they're, they're pandering slightly to the the needs of, uh, you know, reducing the time to under 42 minutes and, and the uh, making uh, repeat dialogue to uh, a but where adverts are going in. On the other hand, I do take the point that um, some of the uh, earlier series, uh, the, the episodes were slashed to the point where some some parts didn't make sense because critical bits of dialogue had been taken out. Here, at least, the BBC hopefully have more control. And I realise that you have these syndicated channels down the line which take even more chunks out. Right. But hopefully, uh, BBC America in particular will share uh, show these in entirety. Not the 60-minute ones, but these uh, 42-minute ones. Right. Yeah. I need to drink uh, after that. I mean, it is, it is. I mean, I can understand British audiences going, what? You know, uh, but I do understand for the longevity of the series, it is important. And seeing as how the B how BBC America has put quite a lot of effort into getting this uh, on the American screens. Mm. And just so everybody knows, I mean, at least for Comcast, it's the next step up for us. It's the next tier up. I don't even know what that's called. Um, I don't have BBC America yet um, because down here, they don't have the HD version and I'm not getting it until... And listen to me, Comcast. <laughs> I am not getting going up another level until you have BBC America HD in Port Charlotte. Dang it. So <laughs> get to it. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> but yeah, I can, I, I, I can kind of understand them doing this because, yeah, for the series to survive, uh, it's, it's going to go this route where it can be more marketable and that we're not going to, people aren't going to go, I feel like I missed something. Oh, this bit's like taken out. Oh, that's a shame. Um, mm. And on the flip side of that, well, not on the flip side, but it coupled with that. Um, Liam told us that uh, his astronomy teacher uh, and his family watched Doctor Who. Uh, so, mm. that, and this is Liam who wanted to have, wanted so bad to have a Doctor Who birthday party but was afraid to because he figured basically no nobody would know and he'd spend all the time at his party explaining what Doctor Who was. And so now we're coming across people in Port Charlotte in Florida who know about Doctor Who. And so the word is spreading. Spread the word, peoples. Right. Are you a bit more forgiving of this episode now? I don't know how many times you've seen it, Ian. Is that about the third yeah, this is the third. Uh, two in SD and one in HD. I still have the same problems. And the the the, the, the last um, segment there really does mm. bug me as far as, uh, as, as, what it, as what it did. I mean, and a lot of people pull up Russell T. Davies as a uh, see, – see what Russell did. But Russell was never this blatant. Uh, there was innuendo, innuendo 
in Russell's episodes um, and, and and suggestion, but this was full on. I almost felt like I was at the position where I'd have to say something to Liam, like, well, this is, you know, and, and at one point, Liam, when she was about to dive on him, Liam goes, lucky bugger. <laughs> or towards the, the fact he didn't say bugger, but it's like lucky guy, because Liam has a full-on crush on Amy Pond. Um, for those of you following me on Twitter and Facebook, um, you'll know that uh, this week I found out that uh, uh, the baby that we are going to have in, uh, at the end of September is actually going to be a boy. And But Liam has said if it was a girl that he wanted to call it Amelia or Amy. <laughs> oh, don't tell me. Don't tell me. The boy's going to be called Octo- Octavian now, is he? Uh, no, actually, the only name that, we, well, that Megan's picked out so far is Eamon. Oh, right. And uh, if anyone's looking for a point of reference on that, uh, uh, there was a... Uh, not Graham Norton. I don't know if he was a talk show host or, or, or game show host, uh, Eamon Andrews. Yeah. And also, the, the funny Cracker thing is, it's, it's, it's so funny the things that, that, that my parents associate with and the things that I associate with when we're talking about Irish names is they went straight to Eamon Andrews, I went straight to Eamon de Levera. <laughs> <laughs> Look it up, folks. Um, yeah, De Valera. Eamon a- Andrews did uh, Crackerjack and uh, This Is Your Life. Right. So, uh, yeah, that's that's the only name we've got picked out so far. Um, another name, which we're not sure it might be a middle name, is Callum. But we go straight for the Irish names, if you haven't realised. Uh, my wife is Megan. I'm Ian, which actually is Scottish, but it's the, the Scottish form of John. Uh, and what about Alex? And Alex we have, Kingston. I know it well, could be a man. Uh, my 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 nephew is um, Alan Alexander, uh, ah. and so one of the things we don't do is we don't name anybody after anybody, because right. you're always going to get somebody's nose out of joint, and so that rules out Pat, Alan, Alex. Uh, <laughs> it moved, <laughs> it, you know, George, uh, Jared, Paul, <laughs> Alan. Let's see. Yeah. William Robert well, Allen and George Albert Allen. <laughs> Sorry. Well, don't name him after Pedro. I mean, who's rules Pedro? Out, rules out Dave. Bob. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll keep, we keep going through Doctor Who names. It's like, but they're all too... I'm sorry to say this, Dave, but common. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, it rules out Dave, Bob, Matt, uh, <laughs> David. <Yeah. laughs> it's like... Christopher, it's like I'm sorry, we're just ruling them all out. It's quick, quick, quick. Nope, Jack, Stephen, Stephen Moffat, Adam. Stephen, Adam. It's like there's no, no, no Doctor Who names we can use. I'm sorry. So, uh, Eamon, Eamon is at the top of Megan's list at the moment. I haven't decided on one yet. Um, you could name him River. This River Phoenix, River Song. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um. Uh, uh, we we can't even call him Harold because I've got a coffee plant called Harold. <laughs> I do. He's outside my front door. He's coming on like really nice. You see, see, listeners, he's, he's used all his best names on the cats. Yeah, cats and the, yeah, Chuck Wilson. <laughs> Wilson would have been great. Uh, <laughs> we've got Chuck Wilson and, and Casey. Casey's a girl, by the way. Um, you can tell I've been drinking, right? Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Can tell. I've got a lot more. The funny thing is, is they say um and ah a lot less when I'm drunk. 
You just can't stop me talking, that's all. Time to wrap up, I think. Yes, but uh, I'd say that my opinion hasn't really changed. But I do tend to... I, I like to to pluck out the best things in the episode when, when we're yeah. doing these. Enjoy the good bits more. Yeah, I'll say, this is the thing I was talking about in the, in, in the Golden Collective earlier. But this is what I think is really, really good. And especially the visuals that, that, that Adam did in this episode. Well, in these two episodes. It, it is visually wonderful. And even if you look at... I mean, really, when you look at really hard at the uh, the Byzantium, it's very, very basic mm. compared to ships that we've seen in the past. But it's the, the progress through uh, the caves, into the ship, into the forest back into the ship, you know, and then back to the beach. Um, they're all very, very different and very, very well-filmed and beautiful. Mm. Dave, your closing thoughts? Uh, well, I think I enjoyed it more. I mean, I always think the first time round... Um, it's because uh, I'm here, isn't it? No, it, it, was, it, was the, no? it was the way the angels... <laughs> it was the way the angels were interacting, not so much with the, with the, the characters, but... Uh, between themselves as they got more and more angel-like. I, 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 don't, I couldn't understand why they weren't covering the faces more. Uh, I did quite very much like that slow-motion creepy bit. Um, I think they could have been scary. I, I, I still have the feeling, especially in part one, that uh, when they, they did, did the first rough cut, it was probably too scary, and uh, they've toned it down somewhat. I mean, you know, breaking people's necks off screen might not count as being scary, but... Um, yeah, um, there was a lot to recommend with that, but I, I do feel that um, the Stephen Moffat bar is set so high that even though it would definitely rate well, well, well above uh, the average of many episodes, uh, I would just say it was slightly under par for Stephen on the second half. The first half was a, a really good setup. This one, it's it almost was really a story of one and a half episodes with. Um, as I say, quite a long, um, elongated uh, after after show on those two bits. But uh, let's see what Mike thinks, and then we'll call it a day. Right. Mike? Well, I, on this third watching of it, I'm seeing uh, piecing it together a lot more than I had noticed the first time. Of course, all, there's all that that I mentioned referring to, to different arcs. And it's... I actually like going back and watching it this time. I like what how they dealt with the weeping angels, especially the the slow moving, creepy uh, part part there towards the end. And I like the 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 stone scraping that you heard when they moved. That those two together worked really well. And I actually liked that ending scene with Amy. Not for that reason. It just worked <laughs> well as a progression. <laughs> It worked well as a progression of her character. I, it actually works, considering uh, the 12 years between when the Doctor left and uh, 11th Hour and came back, and what she went through, and just her mental state after these adventures, it makes sense that she would do something like that. And after that abrupt ending in this episode, I can't wait to see when the Doctor crashes uh, Rory's bachelor party. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Shows okay. up with Amelia. Right, it's a one-parter, yeah. isn't it? Next week, the it's a one-parter. You know, I've got two one-parters and then a two-parter and two more. Yeah, 
two uh, yeah two more one parters and the two parter finale. Right. Wow. Um, I'm looking forward so to the Vampires of Venice. I mean, from that one scene that we saw, I am I'm, I'm rather looking forward to it, and I don't know why. Oh, so I've, I've got a good feeling about I think it. They filmed that. I think they filmed that one in Croatia, and yes. that location shooting looks looks uh, fantastic. Yes, it does. Um, I, the good thing is that I'm looking forward to it, and I haven't heard anything about it. All I've seen is that uh, that one scene from the basement and a couple of little clips. Uh, it's so, this I is something that I'm feeling about it. And this is something that's kind of annoying me with what they're doing on on their website. With okay, they're it's like towards the end of each week they're releasing an introduction, like a clip that to introduce the episode with uh, characters from actors from the episode. Sometimes Moffat narrates, and it's like a minute, two minute long clip. And then they have three additional clips. And of course, I know you, no one's forcing you to watch those, no. but it's you know, somewhat spoilery for the episode itself. So right. I actually managed to <laughs> avoid quite a, quite a lot this week. I did, I did see the, the, um, Alex Kingston introduction of, of this episode. Yeah. That's pretty uh, much what I'm limiting myself to watching is those introducing the episodes. Right. Yeah. Well, the one thing I saw on the BBC site, and I don't know whether that is available, was um, they had like a 3D panorama uh, based in the forest where you could actually, you know, with like this quick time, uh, version you can pan around from a central point and see in all directions it really is uh, quite amazing but uh, that maybe that's region locked right or quantum locked quantum locked (laughs) (laughs) well uh Okay, that kind of wraps it up for us. Uh, but before we go, we've got a quick little special thing at the end of here. Feel free to uh, to sit back, relax, and enjoy uh, a little review we have. And uh, stay tuned for an upcoming interview between Dave, myself, and the folks behind the mythological dimensions of Doctor Who. It's a book that has just come out. You can find it on Amazon.com and Amazon.com, uh, Amazon.co.uk. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, here is our very own Graham, the second Doctor Sheridan, with his review of the mythological dimensions of Doctor Who. This is Graham the Second Doctor Sheridan from the Professor How Doctor Who Party podcast. Now what I've got for you here is a little book review of an upcoming Doctor Who book. This is a review for a book called The Mythological Dimensions of Doctor Who. Now all contributors are not only learned folk, as the term demands, but also in Doctor Who fandom. So which allows them to put forward their arguments in very well and quote exactly where to. Now, this has nothing with be- to do with being a geek, but as anybody who has written papers for a university-level education knows, this is a must. Otherwise, it makes for nonsensical and badly marked or received papers. 
So the foreword is written by Simon Guerrier, known for his work of many things, who you know, books and and such like, and has contributed uh, largely to Big Finish. Also, uh, the Doctor Who New York specialist and uh, organiser, Barnaby Edwards, has written a brilliant preface to the book too. So, to all of those out there who have ever had deeper thoughts about what certain stories have has as a meaning, should read Anthony Burgess' chapter, The Professor's Lessons for the Doctor. Uh, the Doctor's uh, sub-creative uh, journey towards Middle-earth, where such stories as the Celestial Toymaker and the Mind Robber are taken under scrutiny. These have either baffled or just plainly entertained, but they're here, for the first time to my knowledge anyway, uh, is where they are explained. So, uh, a couple of the other chapters. Um, Jessica Burke, that is the uh, wife of Antony, and Christine Larson take the uh, Valkyrie or Valkyrie mythos under scrutiny, and I don't mean just the obvious name that springs to mind when you think of Valkyries and Doctor Who. I'm on about Leela. Expect also in this book to find out where such storytelling and indeed mythological mythological references have their beginnings, uh, as your general Doctor Who. Uh, watcher or public doesn't tend to know where this story has its source. Okay, it may be the fact that they just don't care. But if you are going to buy this book, it suggests to me that you want that expanded knowledge where your beloved programme of choice has its ultimate roots. The arguments laid out by each chapter author are things I've heard throughout fandom, but in this context at least are satisfyingly laid out. Because not only do you get the argument, but you also get the required thought to that argument, and why? If there's one complaint about some part of f new fandom by the old fandom, such as myself, is that new fans make an argument, but not exactly sure where exactly, A, they're going with this argument in, in question, and B, what they actually mean by their argument. I suppose it's something to do with the way that English language has been highly simplified in at, even in at least the last 35 years or so, and so the new fan in question is not quite sure how to formulate their argument properly. With the mythological dimensions of Doctor Who, the opposite applies, and it's nice to actually be able to see the arguments going through the stages that if language is going to survive and going to be much more than just grunts and whistles in the future, that it has to. Also, the mythological dimensions of the Doctor Who book is right up to date with the programming. Well, as far as it's, it has a dedicated chapter uh, to Russell T. Davis' era called Mythology Makes You Feel Something. Uh, the Russell T. Davis' era as a sentimental journey. Now, this is done by Matt Hills where Matt look at, looks at what Russell was thinking and what were his arguments for giving us a feeling doctor who's not afraid to show his emotions. Now, this is something that fandom, in its classic sense, had never had in such abundance and that sometimes had a problem to understand, especially for those who only saw the doctor in terms of black and white. So, the short but well-constructed afterwards by Anne C. Petty rounds off the book nicely, there are also a few pages about the chapter authors themselves, 
this would normally appear at the back of any book, but with so many authors, I don't think there'd be that, enough space for that. But so it was better an idea to put in book itself. Now, in the entire book, uh, there's no chapter that's worse or better than any other in any big sense of terms. They're all equally uh, brilliant. But my favourite chapter has been Life During Wartime, an analysis of wartime morality in Doctor Who by Melissa Beattie. Now, this has something to do with me being an ex-soldier myself, uh, serving the British forces for some 13 years or so, serving in places such as Bosnia as part of the peacekeeping duties there, and uh, part of the, uh, the force that went into Kosovo in 1999. This chapter I can appreciate because it's something I personally can relate to. So, to top all this off, the cover is by Andy Lambert. Uh, anybody who's out there uh, who uses Facebook and has uh, myself or uh, Ken Deep as uh, friends uh, will know his work as uh, he makes beautifully created um, wallpapers for your computer of your choice. So, the book is available for pre-order through Kitsune Books. That's, Kitsune is spelt K-I-T-S-U-N-E. And is available at www.kitsunebooks. That's all one word, kitsunebooks.com. Backslash doctorwho.html. If you want to try and get it through your usual book channels, the ISBN number is 97809. Eight one nine four nine five eight one, and is available at the end of May, at the time of this recording. So that's my review of this book. Uh, I'd say go out and grab a copy as it comes out and enjoy. This has been Graham, the second Doctor Sheridan, doing the book review for the mythological dimensions of Doctor Who. <laughs> Thank you very much for that, Graham. That was fantastic. Yep. All right. But as I said, stay tuned. Uh, we're going to be having uh, all, hopefully all three of the, uh, they're not called authors, I guess, compilers, um, editors. Uh, yep. The, the people responsible, the people behind the book will be in a future studio show from the Goldham Collective podcast. And uh, yeah, as I said, stay tuned. Yes, as I said, stay tuned. Yes, as I said, stay tuned. Yes, I'm repeating myself. I know. Because <laughs> I become very, very aware of the things they say over and over again. All right, Dave, help me out here. <laughs> Where's the door? Oh, no. no, no, you're hanging yourself quite nicely. Oh, yes, yes. All right, there's nothing more to say then. It's good night from Mr. Randall Thor. Good night, Mike. Konbanwa gozaimasu. Good, I won't have to edit that this time. <laughs> and it's good night from Mr. Dave AC. And it's good night from him. Good night, everybody. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. 
Computer Solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.